All right, Mariah, how old were you when you learned to ride a bike? Kelly, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna make fun of me for this. I can feel it deep in my bones. I can too. I, <laughs> I was twelve years old when I learned to ride a bike. Okay, that's not super bad. Well, my older sisters both learned how to ride bikes at like, you know, a regular age, five, six, seven, eight, nine. What like even nine is kind of regular, I would say. I was just so scared. I was literally terrified of riding a bike. And so um, I put it off and put it off. And then my best friend learned how to ride a bike. And I was like, well, now I have to learn too. So we did. We both, she knew how to ride a bike a week before I did. But because she knew how, then I knew I needed to know how to. It was healthy peer pressure. Well, I'm glad that you know how to ride a bike. I was nervous (laughs) going into this question. And for those of you who are listening, this question very much relates to this book club episode. Yeah. And I can't wait to talk about this. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Kelly, how old were you when you learned to ride a bike? Like five, four or five. I don't know. I did a lot of bike riding. Uh, Me and one of my childhood besties, we used to like choreograph dances on our bikes in the summer because we were both in dance. So no, you did I, not. Some might say I was a biker girl growing up, you know. <laughs> so you related to this book, huh? Yeah, I was one of the cool <laughs> kids in this book, and in real life too. Obviously, biker gang for life. I don't know if you can say things like that. I can't. The Hell's Hell's Angels will be after you. Just kidding. I don't think that right. that's how they work. I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> I'm Kelly. And I'm Mariah. And this is Peak Distraction. A podcast about everything. All right. So this week, it's our second book club, and we're excited. Book club is one of my favorite episodes. It always makes me nervous because I usually don't finish the book until the night of our recording. So for those of you who are listening, um, just so you are aware of how we run things behind the scenes... um, (laughs) both book club episodes we've pushed off recording like we've had a scheduled recording date and we've pushed off that recording date by like two weeks because every single time one of us is like hey can we push the date back I'm not done and the other one is like thank god I've only read like 20 pages so (laughs) and then we still don't finish it until the day we record Kelly, I literally had 200 pages left to read this afternoon. I went out for lunch with my sister and then I came back and I was like, okay, all I'm going to do is read. And that was what I did. However, I was also late to recording tonight. And part of the reason was because I got distracted because I got a notification from Bumble saying, hey, buddy, you have to start the chat. And I was like, oh, I matched with somebody. So I went and started a chat and then I started swiping. At the time of recording, I'm not dating anyone, so... 
if this is scandalizing, if somehow in a few months I'm in a relationship or a few weeks or whenever we post this, um, no one should be shocked. It wasn't scandalizing, but I got distracted. So then I had like 50 pages left to read in an hour, which I don't know. I don't remember how long it actually took me to read, but I was all, I was late to this podcast because of that. To be fair, this is a YA book, so it is a little bit easier to That's read true. and to get through. Um, I had like 70 pages left today, I think. And so I got done with work and I just like immediately went to my reading couch. Um, actually that's a lie. I did not immediately. Um, I did quite a few things between work and reading. And then finally Jacob was like, you need to go finish your book. Like you're talking about it tonight. So I went, I finished my book like an hour before we started recording this, but we're here. We did it. Um, But the book is Along for the Ride by Sarah Dessen. I love Sarah Dessen. Kelly agreed to read this book because she's one of my favorite. Sarah Dessen is one of my favorite authors. Yes. So this was Mariah's pick this time. Yeah. Yes. And there's a new Netflix movie that um, I have seen. Kelly has not. So I'm not going to even, I'm not going to talk about it on this episode. I'm going to watch the movie this weekend, though. I will. You tell me when you're watching it, and I will watch it at the same time, and then we can text about it. Okay. (laughs) Yes. But that was part of the reason why we chose this book specifically out of all of Sarah Dessen's. This one is good, I think. In my personal opinion, I would give this four out of five stars, which um, is like a pretty high number for me. Um. But there are other books of hers that I have marked as five stars in Goodreads. But we read this one because of the movie coming out that came out. Yeah. And I've, I mean, I Sarah Dessen is like, at least for like our generation was like the go-to YA author for girls. Like I feel like I always, like girls were always reading Sarah Dessen. Oh yeah. Um, I have never read a Sarah Dessen book before though. So this was <gasps> like first time experience. Wow. And I would say four out of five is way more stars than this book deserves. But <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you were giving it four out of five stars. And I was like, oh, what? I thought you didn't even like this book that much. <laughs> no, I'm excited to trash talk this book this episode. Um, it did so make me f- feel some things, but. <laughs> so we're reversing roles this episode. We are. I feel like it's fun if we like go back and forth on picks because then like I I think it's fun that we have different reading tastes because then one of us gets to be like best book ever and then one of us is like where where are you getting that idea from? Have you read good books before? I'm concerned. Did we even read the same book? Like I don't know what you're talking about. This is not art. <laughs> Hurtful. To all of my Sarah Dessen people out there, that's hurtful, right? I'm so sorry that she said these things to you. Kelly, where should we start? Where do you want to start in talking about oh, this book? Oh, oh my, oh my. Ooh. There are so many things. Can I actually start with just like Sarah Dessen fangirling for two seconds? I Yes, I don't know anything about her. Okay, so if you only read one of Sarah Dessen's books... You don't notice these things, which is totally acceptable and totally okay. However, if you have read Sarah Dessen books and you were reading this and you were like, 
why does that name sound familiar? Let me tell you, it's because she drops little characters and places and things from other books into her new books. So like this one has a lot of crossover with her book called Lock and Key, which was the first Sarah Dessen book I ever read. And so like the three things that I noticed that are crossover from Lock and Key and this and Along for the Ride are Nate Cross. Auden, the main character, mentions Nate Cross. And I literally, I have little tabs and I put a little purple tab, which was for romance. And I wrote, we love Nate Cross because if you read Lock and Key and you don't love Nate Cross, um, we should talk after class. There's problems. Um, and then Perkins Day, the school that she goes to, which is how she knows Nate Cross. And then Key Necklaces, which is a really big part of Lock and Key. And I just... Oh, Kelly, it's my favorite thing that she does this. My absolute favorite thing. It is fun when authors have like crossovers like that because then you feel like you're a part of something. Yes. Like you're in on you're in on a secret. Yeah. Cuz like you can totally understand the book without that. Like I would not say I understand the book less without those references, but it's fun if you've read both of them to be like, "Oh, Yes, exactly. Exactly. Man. Okay. Now we can actually start in about the book. I, th- You know what, Kelly? I want you to tell us about how you feel about Auden, the main character. Okay. Just, I mean, flat out, one word to describe Auden is sucks. Auden sucks. <laughs> Kelly, say more about that. Why do you think she sucks? Okay, I just I have so many thoughts on this. Um and I mean it's not her fault, it's Sarah Dessen's fault and also Auden's like parents' <laughs> fault that she sucks, but this girl is like 18. Mm-hmm. She has never ridden a bike before. Mm-hmm. She's never gone bowling. <laughs> there are so many things she has never done before. She's never had a food fight, which don't even uh, – that's another thing that we need to talk about later. We'll, we'll circle back. <laughs> we'll circle back. Um, and I don't know. Those are, like, the two biggest examples I could think of, but there are so many other things. Like, she literally doesn't know how to, like, socialize at mm. all with anybody. And my issue with that is like Sarah Dessen is trying to make this like quirky girl who's different and instead she created the most like sheltered person ever where it's like <laughs> like there's no way this girl at 18 however having never done any of these things would be in the situation that she's in this summer she's got to be so terribly awkward you know what that is a really good point she's never written as like the there are things that make you feel awkward reading it but it's never like someone looks at her and is like oh she's awkward they look at her and they're like oh she's cold and brooding like she's such a she's so different she's different from other girls you're making you're making a fair point i understand what you're saying yeah like sarah like she was trying too hard to make her be the like different unique girl and like cool it's cool to be an indoorsy girl I love being an indoorsy girl sometimes you know but like Auden is too indoorsy like this girl has has never left the house <laughs> clearly she, did go to school. she I mean she did go to school but even then like her idea of fun 
is like studying. And then on top of that, the girl never sleeps. So you're telling me she gets like two hours of sleep a night and can still function. And she drinks like six cups of coffee every morning, is living on two hours of sleep. She doesn't look cold and broody and dark and interesting. She probably she probably has major bags under her eyes and looks like scary as hell. <laughs> and see where you read that, I read, oh my gosh, when she and Eli, who's the main, the love interest, spoiler alerts, he also is a nocturnal creature. And I know that that, she wrote that way. She wrote the story that way on purpose. But there's just something about it that in my little heart goes, oh, oh, they get each other. That's so sweet. And she's like, so socially unaware that she acts normal towards him. And everyone else is like tiptoeing around him. And you can tell that they're tiptoeing. But, like, she doesn't even notice it because she's so socially unaware. So, is Sarah Dessen crossing a line or is she actually a a literary genius? I think she's not a literary genius. I think this is... I'm so sorry that you feel that way. I think this is not one of the best crafted characters in the world. Okay, however, however, I just want to say that I think... That something that Sarah Dustin does a great job of in all of her books, not just this one, is taking this, like I texted you this earlier, like a sad sack of a girl and giving that her <laughs> the perfect description of Auden. Auden is a sad sack of a girl. <laughs> that's but that's what I love about these female main characters. They're kind of these like weird. I hate using the word quirky, but like these girls who have like problems, right? And then normal life things just happen to them. And through those normal life things happening, they like always fall in love because why not? And they grow to be better, stronger, more independent, confident versions of themselves. And so while Auden is a bit of a sad sack, she ends up finding herself. And that's what counts. Auden is the definition of one of those girls that's like, I'm quirky. (laughs) (laughs) And she would hate it if you said that to her. Like, I can imagine her. I can imagine her being in the room with you and just being like, I would never say that. (laughs) She does change, though. And I, I will say, so I... The last, like, maybe 25% of the book, I still was, like, I'm not buying Auden's character. Like, this is horrible. But, I mean, she did change and she did become Mm. better towards the end. I just think, I mean, it's also, like, her, it's her parents' fault. A lot of it, too. One of the things that really bothered me, I have, like, only five post-it notes in mine. And they're all notes of me yelling at Auden. Um, (laughs) what are you yelling at Auden for uh the first one I just opened up to so I just she is so judgmental in like the first 50 percent of this book and it bothered me so much she is like a total jerk to these she's working in like her stepmom's her stepmom owns a boutique Mm -hmm. and it's like 
your average boutique generally has a lot of like cute clothes, trendy mm-hmm. clothes generally, and it's a boutique. So yeah, it's pretty girly because like it's a boutique. Like cutesy knickknacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Auden is like working there and like there's three girls that work there that like totally fit the vibe, you know, and they're like excited to work there and they can talk for hours about jeans mm-hmm. and about what shoes go best with this cut of pants and like they know everything Um, because clothes and fashion are fun to know things about and she like is telling Maggie that she lives in like a little pink world and like I I just have like that's so offensive it's so okay to be girly and throughout the book like Maggie is like a super intelligent character and she's like actually probably smarter than Auden because Auden like knows how to study, but Maggie is just like genuinely just really smart and knows things. Yeah. And Auden is like every time Maggie says something smart, Auden is just like shocked because she's like, you like dresses. How can you be smart? <laughs> you wear pink. You're smart. How do you know that? Yes. And it's it's just like such a uh, like – do, do we need to use this generalization? Did we need to include that in here? Okay, I have. However, were you never raised in that mindset of like, oh, we can't be too girly. We have to be feminist. And you can't be girly if you want to be a feminist. Did you never feel that way as a kid? No. Oh, see, and I, I don't think anyone taught me to be that way. That was just like how I felt was like, girls can do anything. And like, if you were skirts you can't do as much as a person who doesn't wear skirts I turned into Moira Rose for just a second there (laughs) I don't know why but yeah no I totally it's so annoying when characters do that however I think that I in some deep set part of myself I can recognize how problematic it is because I had that same thought process uh, probably up until like high school honestly It was really problematic of me. I know better now. I will say, I think if I had read this when I was like 12, I probably would have related to it a little (laughs) bit more. Um, And it's not that like I I didn't love wearing like dresses and skirts growing Mm -hmm. up, but like, I don't know. I I was also like in competitive dance like for Mm. 15 years of my life. So I was used to always like, wearing makeup and false eyelashes on the weekend and like dressing up and I've always liked wearing like more like trendy clothes and stuff so I feel Mm. like that part of me was like what like that doesn't say anything about your smarts or intelligence or what you're committed to in life like that has nothing to do with that and the fact that Auden's adult mother still has those generalizations you know, Auden, it's a little bit more understandable because it's like her mom instilled that in her and she's 18 and has just like been a mini version of her mom for forever. So she did eventually grow out of that at the end of this book, mm-hmm. which was good and comforting. But like, oh, mm-hmm. but like even you're almost 100 pages in when this line comes where Auden, I think, is first seeing the the boutique or the office that she works in in the boutique because she ends up working in the boutique um am i pronouncing that funny boutique anyhow um and she says that she could almost imagine her mom looking around and saying it's like a womb in here 
an environment totally ruled by gender stereotypes and expectations as pathetic as those who chose to inhabit it. Exactly, I thought, then went inside. So you're right. You're making good points. And we can totally blame her mom. It is absolutely her her mom is the worst, but her dad is more worse. So Yes. How do two people who are that awful end up marrying each other and having two kids together? Like they're both awful in different directions. They both suck. (laughs) Yes. And they're just both so self-absorbed and like don't believe that anyone's suffering could be worse than their own. Have you seen that meme that's like, uh, I've heard that the Lord gives his hardest battles to his toughest soldiers and I keep saying, Lord, stop giving me hard battles. And it's like, you just need to fold your clothes. Like it's an ADHD meme a lot of the time. I don't know. I have seen that and it, uh, because it's relatable. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It always makes me chuckle, but I feel like they say that about everything. Like I just keep getting the most difficult battles and it's like, no, Robert. All you have to do is finish writing a couple of sentences for a book that actually no one cares about. Yeah, her dad is like the definition of a selfish asshole. Yes. Yes. He drives me cra- I There are so many. I used orange tabs to mark when I was angry, and all of them are about him, I think. He needs his eight hours of sleep, so he can't take care of his newborn baby. Literally the actual worst that makes just, me so furious right also the fact that no one said hey you're being an ass or or that he didn't listen to them when they said that he's like no no you just you just couldn't understand me and raised by a father like that how can you imagine not having a pick me girl i'm just so different my life is so difficult Okay, I mean, you're bringing, yeah. So, like, her parents are part of the reason why she's the worst. I would like to blame it almost strictly on her parents. And also Sarah Dessen's writing abilities. (laughs) I'm making you so mad right now. No, I just don't agree with you, and that's okay. We don't have to agree about everything. Um, Another piece that bothered me, (laughs) (laughs) and this has to do with, like, Eli a little bit, too, was just, like, the level of maturity, she's like 18 and he's mm-hmm. like 20 or 20. He's got to be like 21 because he got into a bar. Oh, my gosh. Carly, I didn't even do the math. <sighs> yeah, because he got into a bar with his ID. So he's like 21 and she's like 18, which mm. is fine. I'm not like concerned about the age difference. But, but the maturity difference is real. Or no, I'm saying like they're both immature for the ages that they are supposed to be. Autumn's mom is sleeping with one of her grad students. You're telling me an 18-year-old wasn't able to pick up on that? Honestly, literally when her older brother commented like, yeah, mom's been doing this for a long time. She was shocked. Just like, floored. You're up all night every single night. One of the grad students never never leaves. Never leaves However, the house. She wasn't home. She was at a diner for most of that, her senior year at least. But, well, but in that's the beginning of the book, she's like noticed like glasses and an extra wine glass like yeah. in the morning still. And it's like really you're 18, you didn't pick up on that. 
She was really sheltered, Kelly, remember? That's true. She really friends. And just the way Eli, like, talks and acts, like, it's absolutely not believable that he is a 21-year-old male. He's, like, very brooding. Which is fine to be brooding, but, like, he has, like, a food fight and... These this group of friends they throw a hot dog party. What the <laughs> hell is a hot dog party? Sam, I literally think that's this really party. Endearing. This party was they made hot dogs and they drank some beer. Some dude apparently passed out, couldn't wake up after he'd had like two beers. <laughs> like, has Sarah Dessen ever had a drink before? <laughs> okay. However, I just would like to point out that like. I do think that that's actually a cute, quirky thing that some friend some friend groups do things like that. Don't you think that that could be reasonable? Yes, I feel like but that like could be she could have come up with something a little bit more creative than a hot dog party <laughs> where they eat hot dogs. How else would she have fit in the food fight, Kelly? And they called it an HDP. Okay, did <laughs> it was there very need, classy. Did there need to be a food fight though? She threw beans at Eli because she didn't know how to handle an awkward silence in the apartment. So she threw beans at him and then he fell in love with her. Imagine this playing out in real life. (laughs) Someone makes a comment that reminds Eli of his dead best friend. It gets completely silent and she throws hot beans on his head. I would like to say that as a person who has a dead loved one, a couple of dead loved ones, whenever people accidentally say things that are like could be considered triggering, I laugh at them. Like I have refused to let those things cause awkwardness as the person who like, I know what to do with my own grief, but no one else does. Like, you're right. Eli is really not being super mature because he literally couldn't be like, hey, it's okay. You don't have to. You don't have to, like, be weird about this, you know? And instead of saying that, I just laugh at people, like, really hard usually because they get really embarrassed. And that's it's my favorite when they're like, (gasps) you. (laughs) And they're like, I don't know why you're laughing. And I'm like, I do because this is a hilarious moment fit for literature. (laughs) Sarah Dessen would love this moment. I should. I. I should call her. Hey, I've got some content for you. Hey, I also think this was written in 2009. It does follow, I feel like, YA books for like the early 2000s. I just feel like her phone. YA books from the early 2000s are just so conservative. Like, (laughs) oh, yeah. Like, in a. Not and that it, that's not that that's like a bad thing. It's not like every book should be like inappropriate, but also it's just like not realistic. As someone who did not date in high school, really, I had one boyfriend in high school, and it was very short lived. Um, I didn't even have that. So, well, it's funny because like, honestly, this story when I read it the first time, I think I read it in high school, seemed like. Oh, yeah, that makes sense to me because I was in high school in 2009. No, I wasn't. Not yet. I was in middle school still. But like, you know what I mean? So I think. I don't know. I think times are just the times are a change in Kelly and we're we're getting old. We are getting old. 
I'm 16. I'm a grandma. <laughs> I hope that someone gets that reference. I accidentally made that reference in front of a group of middle schoolers once, and they were like, <gasps> You're 16? <What>? <laughs> and you're a grandma? Are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, It's, I'm so sorry. It's a reference to a vine. And they still, they were like, what's Vine? And I was like, oh my gosh. So these kids are odd in, they're sheltered. (laughs) They don't know what a joke is. They've never heard of the best social media app in the world. (sighs) They'll never understand and that's okay. It's a bummer for them. It is a bummer for them. It's a real bummer. Can I talk about something that I really appreciated in this read-through of this book for me? Yeah, let's talk about something positive this book brings (laughs) to the table. So this is my third time reading this book, or maybe fourth, TBH. Um, And so I was like reading for different things than just the content or whatever, like the things that sort of came to me the first read-through. And something that I noticed that I did not notice on any of my other reads, she's got a baby sister who who belongs to her dad and stepmom. So Thisbe is like super colicky, crying all the time, very rarely okay. But then right when Auden like finds herself... And she finally has said out loud that she thinks that her parents' divorce is her fault. When she's finally said it out loud, that is when this bee smiles for the first time in the whole book. And like, it's not just a turning point for Auden, it's also a turning point for Thisbe. And I just thought it was a really, I thought it was a great parallel. Because I think that Auden went from being kind of a whiny baby to someone who took Because it wasn't her fault, right? Like, her parents' divorce wasn't her fault. It never is the kid's fault. But because of that, she was able to start healing and, like, take ownership of things that actually did belong to her. And all of a sudden, this bee is healing, too. Little Isby, as she lovingly refers to her little sister as. I won't say that it, like, stuck out to me, but, like, she was always calm. Like, her moods definitely were I don't even know the word I'm trying to say they were like thoughtfully placed they were like clearly Mm. on purpose like she was always calm around Eli so like obviously so cute like it was obvious from page 20 that Eli was going to be the actual love interest because Auden Mm -hmm. did make out with Eli's younger brother in the dunes But it was clear that Eli was going to be the love interest because Thisbe was calm for the first time with Eli. So great. So obviously Eli was going to be the love interest. I don't know about you. I could never – I'm usually pretty good about picturing characters. I could never mm-hmm. get a clear idea of what any of these characters were supposed to look like. Yeah. I think usually I don't – like my brain doesn't do the whole make a character up visually and so I never noticed that but um now that you're saying that like it was mentioned once that Eli had shoulder length hair I have never once imagined him with once imagined him with shoulder length hair yeah I don't know I just I literally could not picture like a single character so I wish there were more like character descriptions which again also goes to the fact that these characters were not well crafted so (laughs) pretty much none of them were 
Wait, Maggie was very well crafted. I also think that there that was true. Heidi, the stepmom, was well crafted, but we didn't get to know about her because Auden didn't care to know about her until like halfway through the book or further, really. It's true. I think Maggie and Heidi were the best characters. I would have much rather had Maggie and Heidi be the main characters of this book. Honestly, I think it would have been better to read about Maggie and Adam. That would have been a very good story. But if the story was about Heidi, you already know that that would be like an adult drama. She should have capitalized on that because Heidi's life seems more interesting. (laughs) She, I... Heidi used to be like the main character from Book Lovers. Oh my gosh, yeah. And then she came back to her hometown, met Robert, fell in love. Her mom passed away. She stayed and like bought a boutique there and then had Bisbee. Like her story would have been way more interesting to read. I've literally never thought about that. She is. Never ever. Yeah, and she said that she, in her words, she told and that she used to be like a stone cold bitch and she was like yeah I was like I got my business degree and I was gonna like open up I was like doing capital like things and whatever all this stuff and I was gonna buy a boutique in New York City and like she was like hardcore businesswoman and I was like this is literally like book lovers like she would have been the main character from book lovers and I (laughs) Which is funny because I liked Book Lovers better than this book, so. (laughs) No shit, I want to read Heidi's story. (laughs) Speaking of Stone Cold Bitches, what did you think about Auden's mom? Like, near the end of the story specifically. Okay, so Auden's mom shifts and wants to, like, be a part of Auden's life. And she, like, feels like she's losing Auden or something yeah I don't know I feel like I was mostly just like mad at her Mm. Auden's like I think my mom thought I was like inside of the like hard shell that she puts on and that she was Mm. like protecting both of us but she didn't realize that I was like outside of that hard shell or whatever um and I don't know I just feel like how did Auden's mom never pick up on that like yeah. Right. And like, I also think it's a little unfair. Like, she did, she was finally accepting Auden, like, at the end and her changing and stuff and like wanting to get to know her. But like, for a while there, it was like she was not supporting Auden, like, figuring out who she is. And it's like, she's only 18. Like, she's got a lot of learning to do about herself still. And mm-hmm. she actually had to make up a lot of time because she was the most sheltered person I've ever heard of in my life. She, Auden's mom is just like not supportive or encouraging of it at all for like most of it. That's true. That's a really good point. I really appreciated the way that you sort of learn at the end of the book that neither of them was like Auden was not seeing her mom fully and her mom was not seeing her fully. And I liked that development at the end of like, Oh my gosh, we have not been seeing each other. And now we see each other a little bit better. And like, I want to love you and I want to show you that I care about you. I just thought that that was really beautiful, but I'm also a sucker for a good mother daughter story. 
No, I did love that. And I do think she like did really change in a positive way at the end. And I liked that. It was clear that like their relationship was not perfect, but like they both kind of said what they needed. And then they both were like, okay, well, we're going to like try. And she put in a hell of a lot more effort than Auden's dad. Like Auden was like, you know, I'd do anything for you. And she was like, well, I don't believe that. I don't buy it. You've never shown me that. Like, mom is here for me at your house right now, and you're not anywhere. So um, yes. I, I did really like – I liked that moment. Same. I also so. liked that she said, well, prove it. And he was like, how do I do that? And she said, she like, I'm not doing the work for you. Excuse me. I have to go do a sick bike jump over a curb. <laughs> Well, the love of and, my life watches and kiss my boyfriend. All That's in a what she was dress. like. Yeah, it's I gotta true. do that. It's. I'm so curious to see what you think about the movie. Like I, there are some things that are so different in the movie that I just, I'm just so curious. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. I'm excited to watch it. I'm. Also a little scared because I'm like shocked that this was a movie. Like I don't know how mm-hmm. I get like I can see how it could be made into a movie, but I do imagine that they had to change quite a few things. Like does Auden just prepare me? Does Auden okay. seem like is she like horribly awkward in the movie? No. Her character is written to be cold and closed off, which is how okay. Dessen I think wanted her to be. I do agree with that. I think that's what she was going for and it just came off as like, I don't know if Sarah Dessen has like the the finesse to write something like that finicky in a character. I am sitting here with my jaw on the floor. Here's the thing. I have read her more recent books, i.e. Saint Anything and the rest of the story. The rest of the story is the most recent one, and it was, I thought it was so good. Better than this by far. And like lock and key, better than this one. Okay. I think that Sarah Dessen, from the moment she began writing to now, has grown so much as an author. So I think I'm a little biased because I've like sort of grown up with her, and I think that she just keeps getting better. That's I love fair. her. I mean, I have only read this one book of hers. And in this book, she did not have the finesse down for Auden. So I know she's written a ton of books. And like I said, I think I would have really, really loved this book if I read it when I was a teenager. Yeah, I do. I think I I think I would have really loved it. Reading it as a 26 year old who has an English degree. It's not my not my fave. That is very fair. Maybe one of Dessen's darkest books, but I remember really loving it when I read it, is called Dreamland. It's like a third of the length of this book and packs a punch. So I really liked that one too. I know. I know. I think that she writes characters better in other books. I just need to read a different one then. Yeah. Probably not this year. (laughs) (laughs) You need a full year to recover from Autumn. And the love interest who was so vague you couldn't even picture him? Yes. I need <laughs> I need time to recover. Yes. I'm so sorry to you and to all of our listeners. I am <clears throat> just 
I'm literally just trash talking this book the entire time. So Mash, that's how I felt the entire time last time. I think that people are going to enjoy hearing that there are books that you don't like. That's true, because literally book lovers five out of five. I I would read that book again right now, hands down in a heartbeat. So couldn't, couldn't be me. <laughs> Could not be me. <laughs> Hand me a different Sarah Dessen book, done. I'll do it. I'm there. Pick me. Choose me. Love me. Why did we decide to start a book podcast together? I don't know. I think it's because we both thought that we had the same taste because we both really like the rom-com genre. You just like adult rom-com and I like YA rom-com. We also both like thriller. You like adult thriller and I like YA thriller. But also, I think that's because adult thriller is just too scary for me. If I ever find one that's not as scary, I'll be excited about it. I, it depends on the thriller. I, there are some thrillers that I've been, like, genuinely scared by. Mm. Um, Most not, though. I feel like true crime is really the only book that gets me, like, anxious. But I still read them because... They're so good. They're so good. I read a 600-page true crime novel um, in October. It was one of the best books I've ever read. It was 600 pages. I was in the middle of teaching, so I was swamped with work, (laughs) and I finished this book in a week. That blows my mind. It was so good. It was so good. What was it called? I don't remember. It's got a pink cover, though, and it was about um, a girl who died in at, like, Harvard. Oh. Um, and it was probably, like, like the 1980s or something like that. Mm. Yeah. And so it, – and it, it was super interesting because it was, like, about, like, her murder and trying to figure out who killed her. Um, and then at the same time, it was also about like the like academic culture at like Ooh. universities like Harvard and Yale and like the Ivies. Um, so it was a really interesting take on like the culture there in those like in the academic world. Um, that sounds very interesting. And it was kind of talking about like being a woman in an academic setting and things like that. So it was super interesting. Like it wasn't just about the murder. No, I want to read it. It was very good. I think I might have to read that. Um, I'll borrow it to you. It's amazing. Thanks. It's amazing. I will probably get it on audiobook because then I can and not I, have to focus too hard. It'd probably be a good audiobook. It I really enjoyed it. I devoured it. Um it's nonfiction, though, obviously, so I can also mm-hmm. see how it could be a little dry of a read. So mm, that's fair. Yeah, but that's very fair. Yeah. Uh, anything else you loved about this book? Mm, I I loved the friendship development, like the way that Maggie, Esther, and Leah, who are the three girls who work at the the boutique. Boutique. I keep saying it funny. Sorry to everyone listening that I can't pronounce words. We all know what you mean. <laughs> you all, the shop, Clementines. They all work at Clementines. Um, I really love 
that they are friends through thick and thin and how even though Auden is like kind of cold standoffish a little awkward like they still are friends with her and they still like try to help her become a better person they teach her how to ride a bike without judgment and they help her pick out a prom dress and go to the like prom party the prom themed party um at the end of the book and like they just really take her under their wing and maggie isn't even mad when auden is like oh my gosh you're smart you wear so much pink though she's like not even mad about it she's like yeah (laughs) did you think i was dumb I I will say I did really enjoy that. I did I think I enjoyed that piece of it way more than the like romance. I am saying mm. that with like air quotes around it. Um I enjoyed that development way more than like the romance piece of it for sure cuz it like she like finally has like friends and she's like not yeah. judging them and they're like all very different but they're not judging her either. And they just like genuinely are having a fun summer together. So I did really enjoy that. Um, And at the end, in like the last two or three pages, when like they're away at college, finally, Mm -hmm. um, I honestly was like, is she even going to end up with Eli? Like, I don't know. Because the whole focus, the whole focus was just on like, Maggie's her roommate now. And like, she's riding her bike. Yeah, she's riding her bike. She's got so many like pictures with the three girls from the shop. And I was like, I'm honestly fine if she doesn't even bring Eli up in this last chapter. Like she got her best friends this summer. Yeah. Which I feel like was way more important than the love story. So I did like that. Agreed. Okay. Have you ever seen Aquamarine? Yeah. I got like Aquamarine vibes, which again like made me hate Auden's character because I was like it makes sense in Aquamarine because she's a mermaid and is literally not a human but Auden is a human and she doesn't know how to be human okay and I'm being mean about that but I genuinely like I love Aquamarine that's one of my favorite movies from growing up (laughs) um so I did like that I got Aquamarine vibes occasionally so okay I can respect that I can really respect that. I marked in the book, like I said before, I have different tabs for things. Some of the things that I really like about the way that Sarah Dessen writes, because I had little green tabs for like, oh, I liked this writing. Um, Two things. First of all, I think she uses analogies like nobody's business, and they just always make me go, ha, ha, ha. I don't even, I can't find one that I marked now, but I remember seeing one and being like, Wow, look at that analogy. Oh, their connection was almost eerie, really. A bond that was so strong you could almost feel it, like a tidal pull when they were together. I love that. I also am a sucker for analogies. I can't help it. Um, And the other thing that I love that Dessen does is she will lead you into a moment that's happening and cut it off before the most interesting thing happens. And then the next chapter will start, but it will not be in that moment that you were so interested in reading about. It'll be like, and the next day I was eating breakfast with Heidi and she's talking about this and sort of like drops you into the memory from the night before from the thing that you were interested in and like break pulls you back out at a good time too. And I just really like that because I think it really effectively pushes the story forward in a way that wouldn't happen if you just heard the story linearly. That's my opinion. That's what I liked about it. 
Way to go, Sarah Dessen. Great analogies. <laughs> You're laughing. I did not mean that sarcastically. <laughs> I know you didn't. It's just funny because I know that you didn't enjoy this book. And so you're like trying really hard to be complimentary. And I appreciate it because I do love this book. <laughs> I know. I'm trying not to like hate on it. <laughs> it's okay if you hated it. I'm okay with that. 15 year old me would have loved it though so Mm. I will say that like I'll give I I will give it credit and that I would have enjoyed it as a teenager yeah and I think part of the reason I love it so much is because I did read it as a teenager the first time around I think that's also part of the reason you love it as well yeah yeah (laughs) which is okay thank you I think I And props to you for going back to read it too because I'm scared to go back and read the books that I enjoyed in like middle school and high school because some of them like I thought were so amazing, you know, and (laughs) I know that I would go back and read them and be like, this just ruined everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Honestly, I started reading these again last year like I started reading Sarah Dessen again last or maybe it was my first year of teaching I don't know but I was really stressed out really anxious I had reread all of the Harry Potter books already like I was out of comfort books and I was like oh oh I have one Dessen book on my bookshelf I'll read that and then it brought me back and it was a comfort book and I could I, just be like wow this is nice that's fair if it's like as a comfort read, I can see how this would be like a good comfort read. And it is mm. a really, I mean, it's like 400 pages, but it is a really quick read. I finished it in like four reading sessions, which mm-hmm. is usually not the case with 400 page books. Quicker in the parts that are enjoyable. So the last 50% was easier to get through than the first 50%. I think my biggest issue was like, you know, if it's like, it's okay to write unlike unlikable characters you know yeah um but to have them all be unlikable characters for 200 pages <laughs> do you want readers i don't know <laughs> honestly if we had had more from the girls like those three girls who are friends and heidi you're right it probably because it was so interesting when you pointed that out that the first half is like kind of hard to get through I had gotten to the halfway point and I was like, I don't know if I can actually reread this whole book again. And then you're right. It got way better in the second half. And as I was reading, I was like, oh yeah, this is what I really love about this book. Yeah. The first time we were supposed to record this episode, I was only at about like 50%. And (laughs) I was like, there is no way. Because I think with book lovers, I finished like the last 150 pages the day we recorded Mm -hmm. Um, and then with this one, I was like, there is no way I can read 200 pages of this book in one day. (laughs) And I was like, so close to just being like, I'm just going to talk about the first 50% because I don't know if I can finish this. Um, but I am glad I gave it a shot because the last, the last 50% was significantly better. Um, but in my opinion, it should not take 50% of a book for it to get better. So you know what? I agree with you. I do agree with you. I still, I stand with my four stars. All right. How many stars out of five are you giving it? Two and a half. 
That's see, and that's more generous than I thought you were gonna be. I can accept a two and a half star review on Sarah Dustin's behalf. Yeah, I'd probably give it two and a half. Maybe three. So. I don't know. I wouldn't give it lower. I don't think I've ever rated a book oh at one star. I have. I can't Dang. think of what book it was, but I remember finishing it and being like, that was so dumb. Obviously, Boo. it wasn't worth remembering if you rated it one star. Yeah. Honestly, Ugh. there are books that I've given two stars to and felt like, that's generous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like two and a half is like a, a nice realistic rating for me yeah. from this well, one. Some, sometimes I feel bad because I'll be rating them on Goodreads and I'll feel bad because I know that if the author wanted to go look, they could. And so I kind of go by that, like, kindergarten rule of if you don't have anything nice, don't say anything at all. Some people are really mean on Goodreads. Yes. And sometimes it's really valid. Sometimes people are, like, making points of this is not worth reading because of this, this, and this. And it's like, actually, you are, you're right. You're really right about that. And the other times I'm like, wow, you. Yeah. You're just, you're just feeling kind of mean right now. And I don't know what yeah. to do with your meanness. We should talk about or just like read and share about in an episode sometime like some of the funniest Goodreads reviews because like yes you know like reviews can be funny sometimes like Yelp reviews are hilarious Amazon reviews can be really funny Goodreads reviews there are some good ones on there yes (laughs) um there is a YouTuber who I love her name is Sophia Nygaard have you heard of her uh I think you've told me about her Okay, well, I love her. She and her husband do live streams. They used to be weekly. I think that they're like monthly now or something. Anyhow, but they would often do like testing out Amazon gadgets. And so someone on their team would pick out like a five-star review and then they would pick out a one-star review and they would read them before they use the product. And it was so funny, like just absolute gold peak humor i loved it so i think that this is a good plan for us i think it's a good next move all right you heard it here first kids (laughs) this may happen one day someday it's possible goodreads reviews read to you by your favorite book clubbers that makes it sound like we hit books with clubs. And I was going to say, it makes it sound like we're we're clubbing, we're dancing. <laughs> we're going book clubbing tonight. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> what? Yeah, what, what she said. I'm with her. <laughs> Mariah's hitting books and I'm dancing. <laughs> Sounds accurate. I think the roles would probably be reversed. I feel like I could see you hitting books and me dancing. If it's a Sarah Dessen book, I'm hitting it. (laughs) (laughs) And you're dancing. If it's book lovers, it's reversed. Exactly. It depends on the book. It depends on the book. How our book club in looks. It's a really good perspective to keep. Yeah. All right. Stars Hollow Gazette. (sighs) Kelly. Any news? Yeah. My news is that like most people, I think, I download, I download, <laughs> I download TikTok 
I delete it, I download it, I delete it. Um, I have it downloaded right now. And my favorite thing is that the autumnal vibes are so real. And my feed is like, hey, it's autumn. Watch Gilmore Girls, drink some pumpkin spice, and watch me change the widgets and background on my iPad to autumn-themed things. It's so comforting. It's so I'm not going to lie. That does sound very lovely. Right? It's so pleasant. There is you? just something about fall. Um, Ugh, I recently made uh, the best playlist I think I've ever made. Um, and so that's been a highlight of my life the past week. What kind of music is on it? Uh, dancing music. It is called This Kitchen is for Dancing because I the kitchen is my dance floor. Has yes. been since I was a kid. I just always dance in the kitchen. And I love to just blast music and dance. Love yes. it. Um, that is like an immediate like immediate endorphins booster right mm-hmm. there dancing in your kitchen I'm, yeah i'm gonna go so. like that playlist and use it for dancing in my kitchen i'll send it to you it's got got Please some do. bangers in there so yeah it's called this kitchen is for dancing and that playlist in and of itself has just been a source of lots of joy and dancing so oh, that makes me so happy i love a good playlist yeah so that's that's all the news I got. This is a good <sighs> news reel. No one calls them that anymore. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> this this news brought to you by Stars Hollow Gazette in conjunction with Peak Distraction Podcast. The best podcast if you're looking for distraction and the to <laughs> <laughs> and laughter we're, we're ending this we're clearly out of ideas <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening to us thanks everybody i hope you hated this book as much as me i hope you loved it i hope that i get texts from people and messages on instagram saying Hey, buddy, I was on your team. Kelly did make some good points. However, here's all the things that I loved about it. I hope that that's what happens. Um, I would just like to say that next month's pick, November's pick, is one that we jointly decided Mm -hmm. on. We're going in blind. Neither of us have read it before. Neither of us have read the author before either. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really excited about it and I, I'm like excited for us to talk about it because we're it, like, we're both going to be like given our real honest, unbiased opinions on it. So I'm so curious to see if we have similar opinions or different opinions. I am too. And I'm actually going to have to take way more notes on it because it's, Same. it's not a rom-com. It is not a rom-com. So yeah. Yeah. I'm also going to have to like keep a notebook next to me because mine is a library book i didn't even 
Didn't even buy the book. I've got a library book. I did buy it. So I'm definitely going to write in it. But <laughs> I love writing in books. It's so controversial. Write in it with – oh, it's – there's something about a book that's written in that is better than a book not written in. Yes. It's like a love note from whoever owned it before you, even yes. if you've never met them. Yes. I'm so glad we're on the same page about that. I love it. Books were meant to be used. And turned into little love notes. They were meant to be written in. They were meant to be dog-eared. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I know that you think that that's okay. Oh, yeah. But I don't get why that's not okay. It just makes me feel unsettled. That's all. I love a good bookmark, too. I don't know if I'm necessarily anti-dog earring, but it makes me feel very unsettled. Well, I'm anti-bookmark, so. (laughs) Why do we need more paper products in this world? The book is already paper. You can make a bookmark out of anything. I've been seeing TikToks lately where this guy. (laughs) I think I've seen this. The last one I saw was like, he had this book halfway open and he goes, don't have a bookmark? That's fine. Just get yourself a cup of smooth, natural, skippy peanut butter. And he like whacks it down into the book and shuts it. Which is a hundred times more problematic than dog earing a book ever. But it was so funny and so worth the TikTok. In my opinion. Absolutely worth the TikTok. I'd destroy a book for that TikTok. (laughs) Do it for the content, you know? Remember, only hot girls have ADHD. But not all hot girls have ADHD. Thanks for listening to this week's episode, y'all. Remember to check the description for this month's book club pick. Deuces! Bye! Bye. Love Love you. you!